0: Section 5 of Some Passages of the Life and Death of the Right Honourable John, Earl of Rochester, by Gilbert Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. To the greatest part of this he seemed to assent, only he accepted to the belief of mysteries in the Christian religion, which he thought no man could do, since it is not in a man's power to believe that which he cannot comprehend, and of which he can have no notion the believing mysteries he said made way for all the jugglings of priests for they getting the people under them in that point set out to them what they pleased and giving it a hard name and calling it a mystery the people were tamed and easily believed it the restraining a man from the use of women except one in the way of marriage and denying the remedy of divorce he thought unreasonable impositions on the freedom of mankind and the business of the clergy and their maintenance with the belief of some authority and power conveyed in their orders looked as he thought like a piece of contrivance and why said he must a man tell me i cannot be saved unless i believe things against my reason and then that i must pay him for telling me of them these were all the exceptions which at any time i heard from him to christianity to which i made these answers for mysteries it is plain there is in everything somewhat that is unaccountable how animals or men are formed in their mothers bellies how seeds grow in the earth how the soul dwells in the body and acts and moves it how we retain the figures of so many words or things in our memories and how we draw them out so easily and orderly in our thoughts or discourses, how sight and hearing were so quick and distinct, how we move and how bodies were compounded and united. These things, if we follow them into all the difficulties that we may raise about them, will appear to every wit as unaccountable as any mystery of religion. And a blind or deaf man would judge sight or hearing as incredible as any mystery may be judged by us, for our reason is not equal to them. In the same rank, different degrees of age or capacity raise some far above others, so that children cannot fathom the learning, nor weak persons the counsels of more illuminated minds. Therefore it was no wonder if we could not understand the divine essence. We cannot imagine how two such different natures as a soul and a body should so unite together, and be mutually affected with one another's concerns, and how the soul has one principle of reason, by which it acts intellectually, and another of life, by which it joins to the body and acts vitally two principles so widely differing both in their nature and operation and yet united in one and the same person there might be as many hard arguments brought against the possibility of these things which yet everyone knows to be true from speculative notions as against the mysteries mentioned in the scriptures as that of the trinity that in one essence there are three different principles of operation which for want of terms fit to express them by we call persons and are called in scripture the father son and holy ghost and that the second of these did unite himself in a most intimate manner with the human nature of jesus christ and that the sufferings he underwent were accepted of god as a sacrifice for our sins who thereupon conferred on him a power of granting eternal life to all that submit to the terms on which he offers it And that the matter of which our bodies once consisted, which may be as justly called the bodies we laid down at our deaths, as these can be said to be the bodies which we formerly lived in, being refined and made more spiritual, shall be reunited to our souls, and become a fit instrument for them in a more perfect estate. And that God inwardly bends and moves our wills by such impressions as He can make on our bodies and minds." these which are the chief mysteries of our religion are neither so unreasonable that any other objection lies against them but this that they agree not with our common notions nor so unaccountable that somewhat like them cannot be assigned in other things which are believed really to be though the manner of them cannot be apprehended so this ought not to be any just objection to the submission of our reason to what we cannot so well conceive provided our belief of it be well grounded There have been too many niceties brought, indeed, rather to darken than explain these. They have been defended by weak arguments, and illustrated by similes not always so very apt and pertinent. And new subtleties have been added, which have rather perplexed than cleared them. All this cannot be denied, the opposition of the heretics, anciently, occasioned too much curiosity among the fathers, which the schoolmen have wonderfully advanced of late times." But if mysteries were received rather in the simplicity in which they are delivered in the scriptures, than according to the descantings of fanciful men upon them, they would not appear much more incredible than some of the common objects of sense and perception. And it is a needless fear that if some mysteries are acknowledged, which are plainly mentioned in the New Testament, it will then be in the power of the priests to add more at their pleasure." for it is an absurd inference from our being bound to assent to some truths about the divine essence of which the manner is not understood to argue that therefore in an object presented duly to our senses such as bread and wine we should be bound to believe against their testimony that it is not what our senses perceived it to be but the whole flesh and blood of christ an entire body being in every crumb and drop of it It is not indeed in a man's power to believe thus against his sense and reason, where the object is proportioned to them and fitly applied, and the organs are under no indisposition or disorder. It is certain that no mystery is to be admitted but upon very clear and express authorities from Scripture, which could not reasonably be understood in any other sense. And though a man cannot form an explicit notion of a mystery, for then it would be no longer a mystery, Yet in general he may believe a thing to be, though he cannot give himself a particular account of the way of it, or rather, though he cannot answer some objections which lie against it. We know we believe many such in human matters which are more within our reach, and it is very unreasonable to say we may not do it in divine things which are much more above our apprehensions for the severe restraint of the use of women it is hard to deny that privilege to jesus christ as a lawgiver to lay such restraints as all inferior legislators do who when they find the liberties their subjects take prove hurtful to them set such limits and make such regulations as they judge necessary and expedient it cannot be said but the restraint of appetite is necessary in some instances and if it is necessary in these perhaps other restraints are no less necessary to fortify and secure them for if it be acknowledged that men have a property in their wives and daughters So that to defile the one or corrupt the other is an unjust and injurious thing, it is certain that except a man carefully governs his appetites he will break through these restraints, and therefore our Saviour, knowing that nothing could so effectually deliver the world from the mischief of unrestrained appetite, as such a confinement, might very reasonably enjoin it. And in all such cases we are to balance the inconveniences on both hands, and where we find they are heaviest we are to acknowledge the equity of the law on the other hand there is no prejudice but the restraint of appetite on the other are the mischiefs of being given up to pleasure of running inordinately into it of breaking the quiet of our own family at home and of others abroad the engaging into much passion the doing many false and impious things to compass what is desired the worst of men's estates time and health now let any man judge whether the prejudices on this side are not greater than that single one of the other side of being denied some pleasure for polygamy it is but reasonable since women are equally concerned in the laws of marriage that they should be considered as well as men but in a state of polygamy they are under great misery and jealousy and are indeed barbarously used man being also of a sociable nature friendship and converse were among the primitive intendments of marriage in which as far as the men may excel the wife in greatness of mind and height of knowledge the wife some way makes that up with her affection and tender care so that from both happily mixed there arises a harmony which is to virtuous minds one of the greatest joys of life but all this is gone in a state of polygamy which occasions perpetual jarrings and jealousies and the variety does but engage men to a freer range of pleasure which is not to be put in the balance with the far greater mischiefs that must follow the other course, so that it is plain our Saviour considered the nature of man, what it could bear, and what was fit for it, when he so restrained us in these our liberties. And for divorce, a power to break that bond would too much encourage married persons in the little quarrellings that may rise between them, if it were in their power to depart one from another, for when they know that cannot be, and that they must live and die together it does naturally incline them to lay down their resentments and to endeavour to live as well together as they can so the law of the gospel being a law of love designed to engage christians to mutual love it was fit that all such provisions should be made as might advance and maintain it and all such liberties be taken away as are apt to enkindle or ferment strife This might fall in some instances to be uneasy and hard enough, but laws consider what falls out most commonly, and cannot provide for all particular cases. The best laws are in some instances very great grievances, but the advantages being balanced with the inconveniences, measures are to be taken accordingly. Upon this whole matter I said that pleasure stood in opposition to other considerations of great weight, and so the decision was easy and since our Saviour offers us so great rewards, it is but reasonable he have a privilege of loading these promises with such conditions as are not in themselves grateful to our natural inclinations, for all that propose high rewards have thereby a right to exact difficult performances. To this he said, we are sure the terms are difficult, but are not so sure of the rewards. Upon this I told him that we have the same assurance of the rewards that we have of the other parts of Christian religion we have the promises of god made to us by christ confirmed by many miracles we have the earnests of these in the quiet and peace which follows a good conscience and in the resurrection of him from the dead who hath promised to raise us up so that the reward is sufficiently assured to us and there is no reason it should be given to us before the conditions are performed on which the promises are made it is but reasonable that we should trust god and do our duty in hopes of that eternal life which god who cannot lie hath promised the difficulties are not so great as those which sometimes the commonest concerns of life bring upon us the learning some trades or sciences the governing our health and affairs bring us often under so great straits so that it ought to be no just prejudice that there are some things in religion that are uneasy since this is rather the effect of our corrupt natures which are farther depraved by vicious habits and can hardly turn to any new course of life without some pain than of the dictates of christianity which are in themselves just and reasonable and will be easy to us when renewed and in a good measure restored to our primitive integrity as for the exceptions he had to the maintenance of the clergy and the authority to which they pretended if they stretched their designs too far the gospel did plainly reprove them for it so that it was very suitable to that church which was so grossly faulty this way to take the scriptures out of the hands of the people since they do so manifestly disclaim all such practices the priests of the true christian religion have no secrets among them which the world must not know but are only an order of men dedicated to god to attend on sacred things who ought to be holy in a more particular manner since they are to handle the things of god it was necessary that such persons should have a due esteem paid them and a fit maintenance appointed for them that so they might be preserved from the contempt that follows poverty and the distractions which the providing against it might otherwise involve them in and as in the order of the world it was necessary for the support of magistracy and government and for preserving its esteem that some state be used though it is a happiness when great men have philosophical minds to despise the pageantry of it so the plentiful supply of the clergy, if well used and applied by them, will certainly turn to the advantage of religion. And if some men, either through ambition or covetousness, used indirect means or servile compliances to aspire to such dignities, and being possessed of them, applied their wealth either to luxury or vain pomp, or made great fortunes out of it for their families, these were personal failings in which the doctrine of Christ was not concerned he upon that told me plainly there was nothing that gave him and many others a more secret encouragement in their ill ways than that those who pretended to believe lived so that they could not be thought to be in earnest when they said it for he was sure religion was either a mere contrivance or the most important thing that could be so that if he once believed he would set himself in great earnest to live suitably to it the aspirings that he had observed at court of some of the clergy with the servile ways they took to attain to preferment, and the animosities among those of several parties about trifles, made him often think they suspected the things were not true, which in their sermons and discourses they so earnestly recommended. Of this he had gathered many instances. I knew some of them were mistakes and calumnies, yet I could not deny but something of them might be too true." and I publish this the more freely to put all that pretend to religion, chiefly those that are dedicated to holy functions, in mind of the great obligation that lies on them to live suitably to their profession. Since otherwise a great deal of the irreligion and atheism that is among us may too justly be charged on them, for wicked men are delighted out of measure when they discover ill things in them, and conclude from thence not only that they are hypocrites, but that religion itself is a cheat." but i said to him upon this head that though no good man could continue in the practice of any known sin yet such might by the violence or surprise of a temptation to which they are liable as much as others be of a sudden overcome to do an ill thing to their great grief all their life after and then it was a very unjust inference upon some few failings to conclude that such men do not believe themselves but how bad soever many are it cannot be denied but there are also many both of the clergy and laity who give great and real demonstrations of the power religion has over them in their contempt of the world the strictness of their lives their readiness to forgive injuries to relieve the poor and to do good on all occasions and yet even these may have their failings either in such things wherein their constitutions are weak or their temptations strong and sudden, and in all such cases we are to judge of men rather by the course of their lives than by the errors that they through infirmity or surprise may have slipped into. These were the chief heads we discoursed on, and as far as I can remember I have faithfully repeated the substance of our arguments. I have not concealed the strongest things he said to me, but though I have not enlarged on all the excursions of his wit in setting them off, Yet I have given them their full strength, as he expressed them, and as far as I could recollect have used his own words, so that I am afraid some may censure me for setting down these things so largely, which impious men may make an ill use of, and gather together to encourage and defend themselves in their vices. But if they will compare them with the answers made to them, and the sense that so great and refined a wit had of them afterwards, I hope... They may through the blessing of God be not altogether ineffectual. End of section five.